Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. I've got a really special guest on the podcast today. Um, somebody that you might know from The Apprentice. Her name is Michelle Niziel, and um, I'm really pleased to have her on the podcast today. Michelle is also a podcast host herself. She hosts three different podcasts. She's a Sky TV personality. She's a property investment expert in her own right, CEO of some companies, up to lots and lots of different stuff. Really, really successful. Um, so massive opportunity for me to have her on the podcast. Really excited about it. So welcome, Michelle. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me. I've never been introduced as being special before, so that's a, that's a new one for me. I, well, I've seen you on TV, <laughs> so for me that's special. Um, yeah. So just uh, what, for people listening in um, that don't know Michelle, yeah. so uh, who is who is Michelle? What sort of your background? Um, and what are you? Why the Apprentice? I guess, and what are you up to now? So just over, literally talk whatever you want. Yeah. To... Yeah. So I own um, five property and investment finance related um, independent companies. So basically encompasses a whole journey that a purchaser um, would go through. So obviously mortgage, general insurance, estate agency, lettings agency and a bespoke um, buying company. So basically my uh, expertise and skill and passion really lies in the investment sector. So. I built a company where I um, specifically build residential portfolios for clients. So I structure the finance, go off and source the property, refurbish it, then line tenants up for exchange, and then obviously complete and then manage that whole portfolio. Oh, that's a so, complete intent. Yeah, and really my sort of journey started. Um, I have always wanted to run my own business. I ended up running five. So wow. that's. And I continually set up limited companies, so my staff are always freaking out every Christmas, you know, thinking, what am I going to be coming back to in the new year? Because normally I set up another limited company over Christmas when I have a couple of weeks off. Um, So really my journey started when I was sort of 18, invested in my first property, loved it so much, became a broker, then started investing in uh, portfolio, um, so buy-to-let investments for myself and my husband. And really, it just sort of grew from there, really. So um, love everything about property. Um, the absolute passion is the people. So the journeys that you get to go on with these people, um, you know, either retiring them or, or or securing, you know, their future for their children or financial freedom is obviously banded around quite a lot mm. at the moment. So I do have a real passion and a real skill for buying property, um, so loved, loved all of that. And then really, you know, the sort of journey on The Apprentice was a um, major fan of the show. Mm. And I am massively um, driven. So I work sort of 18-hour days. I'm, you know, consistently trying to work on personal development. And media is something. I'm not a creative person. I'm a very figure-driven person. So... Um, media has always fascinated me and I just watch the show every year and think, you know, um, would I be good enough to get on the show? So I actually applied with 30 minutes um, remaining on the application process 
um, stuck my application in, got round, got into the, uh, was surprised to get the first, you know, email to say, you know, you're you're through to the first round of the auditions. And um, really, it just sort of went from there. But it was a whole year of my life. And um, it was amazing. Mm. You know, to do a show like that, you know, I think it's one of the biggest rated shows on BBC One and the media training and, you know, I just absolutely loved the production side of things, which then led me on to, I'm doing two um, shows for Sky Property Channel at the moment, so Property Elevator and also Property Question Time. And then people have gone on to sort of say, um, Michelle, you really need your own show. So I am working with production companies at the moment to uh, oh, wow. get my own show commissioned. So, so yeah. be coming soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, we're, we're working working really hard on that. We've got a brilliant concept, uh, which unfortunately I can't share. But um, yeah, we've got a really good concept. And and really, I think uh, my thing is, you know, you only get one life. Yeah. I'm very passionate about living every single day, every single minute to the maximum. Why not? Mm. You know, why, why not run businesses? Why not, you know, do loads of stuff in the media? And, and my latest love and, and why I'm here really is podcasting. I mean, what a brilliant... I mean, you run three yourself. Yeah. That's like, how yeah. do you find the time? So you have five companies. A lot of people listening in are from the Progressive Property Podcast or maybe at the start of their journey. Some are, are got started maybe in the first one to two years in property. And some are obviously very successful at five, ten years plus down the line. But But a bulk of our audience are probably starting out. And you're yeah. talking about five companies, three podcasts. Uh, over what period of time did it take you to sort of scale up to that? So um, it took me, so I really needed to um, master my craft. So I was a mortgage broker first. So I started an investment portfolio at the same time I became a mortgage broker. So I have got a personal portfolio that my lettings company manages. And um, I was a mortgage broker for a good 10 years. um, And I really wanted to excel. So I'm not just you know, an average mortgage broker. I I do mortgages for every single thing that you can think of, every purpose. I networked. I made myself known in the mortgage industry. So, you know, I I attend a lot of events. Um, I'm a lot of the lender's key accounts. So we submit an awful lot of business. And basically, again, it was just relationships. So it's finding that... um, you know, those people that love the same sort of thing that you do because, yeah. you know, mortgages are, are not particularly, it's not a sexy industry. You know, it's yeah. not, you know, most people don't sort of, you know, when when you're little, um, you know, I've got two small children and when I ask him what he wants, Zachary, my little five-year-old, what he wants to be when he grows up, a mortgage he doesn't broker. say a mortgage broker <laughs> yeah. or an estate agent or a lettings agent. But it was just something about finance and property that I've just, from a very, very young age, just love. I can't tell you what it is, but I think it's, um, you know, everyone wants to own their own home. I'm very passionate about educating people on owning their own home. It's something that I did from a very young age and have been very successful and it's been very profitable. Um, But figures, and obviously mortgages is a vehicle for that. So, you know, it's a very important and integral part of the house buying process. Yeah. Um, so I absolutely love it. And it's the people that you meet, which is just absolutely incredible. You know, you're part of that journey where you're taking them where they a lot of people that come into my company don't actually believe that they can purchase a property. 
Yes. And then they walk out the door, you know, because we're on the help to buy panel. So we help a lot of first time buyers with shared ownership and help to buy mortgages. Um, or they're in their 70s or 80s and don't actually realise that they can release the equity in their property. And it's just being part of that whole journey where, you know, you're able to realise people's dreams is just, you know, phenomenal. So I like to say, you know, the Mother Teresa of the old financial world. The Mother Teresa of mortgages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mother Teresa of mortgages. And that's what I want on my tombstone. Um, with being a mortgage broker initially, I know a lot of mortgage brokers and not many of them actually invest in property themselves. Um, obviously, you've got, did you get, were you invested in property immediately once you became a broker? Or did you, was yeah. it like a few years? Or? I actually invested in property before I became a mortgage broker. Wow, okay. Um, and I became a mortgage broker through my love of investing in property. Right. And actually, I was thinking, well, I am a complete control freak. My staff will tell you that. My husband will tell you that. And, uh, you know, if I was going to build a portfolio, then I really wanted to be in control of the finances of that portfolio. Mm. Um, It's not particularly easy to uh, get qualified to be a mortgage broker. The exams, you know, they're not the easiest exams to take. Uh, but once you got got them, there was just so much to learn. You know, when you're an independent whole market mortgage broker, there yeah. are, you know, 50, 60, 70 in the hundreds of lenders. And you have to know their criteria. Yes. Yeah. The whole, you know. So it's the amount of information that you need to retain is phenomenal. So, yeah, it was the mortgage broking side of things because then I could control the whole process. Yeah. Um, that was what was, you know... Which, and, which I guess you wanted to control the whole process as a mortgage broker and now helping people source properties, you control the whole process still. Absolutely. So. And I, um, you know, it's that. It's the customer service element yeah. and it's being able to deliver on a on a product. And really the um, bespoke property investment proposition was also from my love of taking people on a journey. When you transact a mortgage for somebody... It's actually quite a a quick process. So you do a mortgage, it completes within a couple of months or say three months and then you don't see them again for sort of two or three or five years, however long you've tied them in for. Whereas building a portfolio, you're totally changing their life and you're working with that person for anywhere from six to 12 months and it's a regular thing. You know, and then you're managing that property. So you're in each other's lives forever until they realise those assets, until they mm. dispose of those assets. Um, so to be honest, the whole the whole reason why I set the business up, one, is to use my skills, um, but two, to go on journeys with people. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really, um, you know, a lot of people have a lot of dreams of investing in property, but... There isn't really anybody out there that you can, you can go on a lot of courses and progressive obviously do um, amazing courses. But I manage, I can't obviously um, work with hundreds and hundreds of people because there is only one of me. But it's taking that person through that whole journey. It's having almost one-to-one mentorship, yeah. if I can explain it like that. Um, but I get to obviously you know, build that portfolio and have that long-term relationship. And that's what's really important to me. I'm, I always say to people, the property is a people business. And yeah. you've mentioned a lot there about networking. Yes. So for you, how important, because a lot of people, um, they, they do a lot of networking um, and sometimes maybe they don't network in the right way. So I guess how important to you is networking and what would be your top sort of tips on how to network in the best way? Yeah, I think you really need to be um, focused on 
the niche area. So what, what you actually want to achieve out of it. So if you are a mortgage broker, go to the high level one. So networking for me is not necessarily about getting business. It's about getting education. So, um, you know, and I think building those relationships because, you know, you go in, I'm not massively keen on hardcore networking referrals and things yeah. like that. For me, networking is so, so choose somewhere. And I would probably say um, ideally in your local area is great and more of an expert networking. So if you're wanting to network in the property industry, then go for a property specific uh, networking, but more of a high level and tr- and and contact them and try and find out what their niche is. So obviously with property, you've got commercial, you've got residential, you've got serviced accommodation. So you will find a networking group that is specific for those things. And so definitely, I think you need to find what your niche is and, and go and network. And that has absolutely been amazing because networking, especially on a high level for me, is you're hearing, you know, other people's journeys and other people's stories. And out of everything that I do, I always come out of there and go, what was the one thing that I learned out of that particular event or process? Or And um, just I utilise that in my businesses and I do that now. So I'm currently doing um, the 4M Mastermind Group with Rob. Right. Rob Moore from Progressive. Yes, yeah, so you're doing some training at Progressive yourself. I am, yeah. I am doing some training at Progressive. And that has been phenomenal because, um, again, you've really got to, one of the key things is reinvesting in yourself. Right. So, you know, if you're making sort of money in property or finance or whatever you're doing, whatever business you're running, you know, um, take around 10% of those earnings and reinvest it in your education and yourself yeah. because you can get a little bit stagnant. If you're anyth- anything like me where... Literally, I don't sleep. I love sleeping. People are like, do you ever get to sleep? I'm like, I do actually love sleeping, but I don't get to do much of it because I am always consistently looking for the next thing. Yeah. So, you know, what is the, what's popular at the moment? What can I then learn? So I'm reading books all the time and listening to podcasts. So it's a two hour commute for me to get here from Bicester to Peterborough. And um, I listen to about four podcasts on my way here. And then I've scheduled in four podcasts for my way home. And again, it's just about, you know, that could be business entrepreneurship or property or finance related podcasts. So investing, you know, in yourself is just so yeah. important. I mean, I, I spent 10 years plus in a corporate job and my company was always putting me on training courses. And I, in my head, thought they were putting me on training courses to better myself. Yeah. But actually, they were putting me on training courses to make them more money. Um, oh, wow. Because if you better yourself in a job for a company, you'll do more for that company to make them more money. But I wasn't investing in myself to make me more money. So I guess listening to podcasts, reading books, doing the networking, coming on the trainings, you're actually investing in yourself to make yourself personally more money and more contacts that will help you make more money. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just by, it's really funny, I've never focused on money. Mm. So, um, you know, I have been massively successful in business. Um, I focus on the service, the education, um, you know, trying to be the best version of myself. And funnily enough, the money has just always come. Yeah. So it's not the main. Obviously, you have to have certain amount of turnover and profits in order to pay your salaries. And, you know, so obviously I am, uh, you know, I do look at those things. But I think if you're consistently a positive person and you're looking all the time to the future, 
then the money does it automatically comes yeah it Mm. automatically comes so for me the money's never really been the focus it's been the passion that's been the focus and when you're really passionate about something whatever you're doing then that passion really does filter through and people want to be around you so um, whatever service you're delivering they want you to deliver that service and that's what I have found has been probably my biggest um, selling point, I suppose. I don't want to say I, selling point. But... I've spoke to a lot of um, successful people doing really well in business and they, they all seem to have a common thread, which is um, if you help enough people, mm. you automatically help yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's, if you look at various things like Airbnb, they, they help people make money through Airbnb. Booking.com, the same thing, all these websites. The wealthiest people in the world actually put out a product there that helps other people yeah. and it automatically, the money just comes. Yeah. And I guess with mortgage brokering, with an internet service on your property sourcing, that's helping other people become wealthy and you enjoy it. Yeah. Do something you love, do something you enjoy and the rest just happens. Absolutely. And I'm always telling my team, actually, I must drive them crazy. You know, if, if ever you get to the point where you're not happy, um, you know, then then change and do something that does make you happy because... If you're not happy, you're not ever going to excel. Yeah. Or, or, and uh, I read a quote on LinkedIn recently, actually, and it was from a fellow apprentice candidate. They actually went on to win. Um, so they can put the quotes out. I can't, obviously, on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, but it was, if it feels like a job, you're in the wrong job. You know, yeah. get yourself a, um, it's almost like vocational, isn't it? You know, if you do something you're really passionate about, then you should never get up in the morning and feel like you're going to work. And I definitely don't feel like that. And I know we joke about, I like to say, the Mother Teresa thing. Um, But actually, genuinely, that's what I feel is that I am really helping people. I absolutely love it. You know, I'm never stopping. People ask me, you know, am I ever going to sell my businesses? I'm never going to sell my businesses. They are not up for sale. Because what would I do? Yeah. You know, what would I do with myself and my life? I drive my family crazy. You know, um, because my passion is always, you know, helping yeah. people and using. I think you need to understand what your purpose is in life. And uh, I definitely think that I have got a financial gift. So um, that comes in many forms, actually. So financial as in being able to see um, a path for a client financially and set up those finances via a mortgage. But also then, with running successful businesses, you're able to help so many people on a financial basis. Yeah. So whether that, you know, we gift an awful lot of money to charity um, on a daily basis. Um, the pop- most popular way, actually, is Facebook. I get a lot of Facebook requests. Could I sponsor this? Could I um, mentor this? And and we do pretty much, um, most of the time, are able to give to all of these charities, which is really great. Um and I try and keep them as local as possible because, again, I like to see, you know, what what you know what you've achieved going yeah. into the local community. Um, so yeah, so I think understanding what your gift is and really um, working really hard to make sure that you're utilising that gift is is really important. Yeah, uh, and a lot of people, I think, they don't. It's transferable skills. Mm-hmm. So have you gone? You've said you've got five different businesses. Are they all linked to each other yeah. or are they in completely different industries? No, they're completely linked and it's about a journey for a client. So when uh, I used to do a mortgage for someone, you'd send them off to an estate agent. Or if I was dealing with an investor, you'd send them off to an estate agent to buy the house and then a letting agent to let it. 
And it was when clients started coming back to me saying, Michelle, the service that whoever you sent me to is just not comparable to yours that I thought, well, hang on a moment. I want to ring fence those clients for a start because from a business perspective, you want to be able to, um, again, like, you know, I suppose use the word upsell. But um, for me, it was about the service for the client. And again, then the money just comes. So encapsulating that client, providing them every service that you can possibly think of with regards to property and finance, so they don't need to go anywhere else. So I don't necessarily like the terminology one-stop shop, but that's in essence what I've created Mm. is, you know, anything to do with property and finance, my clients don't need to go anywhere else. We look after them. Um, We do have a remit on how many people we can look after, so... I don't have many um, slots available on the lettings front before I shut the books. Mm. So it's become that successful um, that, you know, we're not able to facilitate because, funnily enough, with that, I'm not going to grow that particular business because getting the staff to um, manage my expectations on that particular business is is very difficult. So... um, one of the biggest challenges in business I have found is staff, to be honest. Yeah. So, you know, we've all got, uh, I, I find clients, property, finance, completely easy. Do it with my eyes shut. You know, the staff element has been, you know, when you're responsible for people's lives, um, livelihoods. Yeah. It's uh, an incredible responsibility that I take really seriously, but also then take that home. So consistently, that's why I work on myself and educating and mastermind groups and things like that is actually to work on the staff. It's like an extended family. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it completely. Um, I have, you know, uh, my businesses are Michelle Nizio Limited and uh, the IMS Property Group, which encapsulates some IMS uh, firms that I run. And uh, we are just one big family, mm. you know, which is great because we've all got each other's backs. My team work incredibly hard. But trying to find those people where it's almost a vocation, yeah. not a job, is very, very difficult. So, um, yeah, my, my uh, business, but it provides them a good life. And, you know, my customer service levels are exceptional. And that is very difficult to, you know, that's years and years of training as well to get someone to the level where they're going to deliver on that management service on the yeah. letting side um, effectively. And in the property sourcing uh, business, which is the one that I do, the bespoke property investment, it's only I that do that, does that job. Right. That I cannot teach a feeling, you know, yes. of yeah. when you walk into a property and I'm like, I don't need to see, you know, within five seconds, I've made my mind up. I don't need to see the rest of the property. It's just that weird feeling um, that I get when I go in. I know what you mean. I've similar. I, I like the one part of property that I love and, and I keep myself and I don't outsource to my staff is the negotiating of a new deal and yeah. the viewing of the, of the house. Yeah. Because it's, it's a passion. Yeah. It's, and it's a buzz. Yeah. You know, that's my, that's my drug is property and the buzz of achieving that deal and getting an amazing deal for my client, you mm. know. But I have this thing where I just totally pretend it's my money and it's only when I go home and I say to my husband, wow, I bought this property today. It's absolutely amazing. Got it 40 grand under asking price. And he's like, why didn't you buy that for us? And I'm like, oh, yeah, why didn't I, get, why didn't I buy that for my portfolio? But when I'm um, effectively spending clients' money building their portfolio, I genuinely am going in and thinking that this is for me. Mm. You know, What um, sort of, um, st- so what type of properties, what strategy is your oh. main focus? 
So my main focus is um, what I'm experienced in, which is building residential property portfolios, and it's in Oxfordshire. So single let type yeah, stuff. Yeah, so single lets. Um, we do HMO management, um, but single let, and I tell you why, there is, there is obviously legislation that you need to adhere to, but it's less than HMO, um, and it's your two up, two down. So in Oxfordshire, we uh, rent them for £995 per month. Right. Net return is about £500 per month um, per property for a £62,500 deposit investment. So £62,500 in the bank at the moment is probably getting you a tenner a month. Yeah. So you're realising £500 per month on your return currently, and we can fix that for five years on, on a mortgage basis. Um, but really, it's for the growth in and around Oxfordshire. So uh, for me, I go for rentability factor. So you're two up, two down. We'll rent to a single person. We'll rent to a couple. Um, we'll rent to two friends if you uh, are able to get two double bedrooms. I always try and go for two bu- double bedrooms and a nice garden. Um, not too overlooked. So And local local amenities. So schools, shops. Pubs, these are all the things that tenants want. Uh, driveway would be ideal. Garage, even better. Because, you know, they want they can afford a two-bedroom house, but ideally they want to store all their rubbish yeah. in a garage. And I know, guess if, so. if an investor ever wants to sell it in the future, it's it's a starter home for first-time buyers type thing. So Absolutely. It's, you've got a good exit. Yeah, you've got a really good exit. And uh, also I manage that exit. So at the start when I'm buying for clients, it's understanding what why I'm doing that for them. Mm. So most of the time I'm doing that for them for retirement. So again, it's got to be a saleable property because, you know, um, we need to realise those assets at some point. Yeah, I, I, I really like single FPS. And people know me as the no money down guy at Progressive. So I teach rent to rent and no money down strategies. But I always say to people, my long term strategy is single let because we use rent to rent to create cash flow for deposits to buy houses. Yeah. But we buy single lets because rent to rent HMO are management intensive but when I hit 60, 65, 70 or whatever if I want to retire yeah. um, single let's just let and forget they look after themselves yeah, let and forget. oh I yeah. love that Kevin I'm going to steal that saying yeah. let and forget absolutely love that because you're absolutely right we don't get um, I mean the management of uh, the properties especially uh, the majority of the portfolio that we manage is the properties that I've bought because we want high-end, you know, properties with low maintenance because, again, I'm running a business. So, you know, I want my salespeople concentrating on sales, not concentrating on management issues. Um, but absolutely, my clients do do that, let mm. them forget. You yeah. know, they're, they're cashing in £500 per month per property. So I have some clients that I've bought properties for earning six, £7,000 a month net uh, off their properties, and they've been able to retire mm. because that pays them more than their job was. What What's the best thing about property for you? So what do you see as sort of the, the best thing about property? It is the people, genuinely. Yeah. You know, the tears, the weddings that I get invited to, the christenings, the, you know, I had a client who came in yesterday and she brought in her two little children. And, you know, and I've watched, I've been doing this nearly 20 years in, in total, and, um, you know, I've watched their children come from babies and, and they've watched me have children as well. Um, right up until, you know, some of the kids that I met when they were toddlers are now 18, 19 years old. And I'm helping them mm. on the ladder. 
I mean, that's just a phenomenal journey to take someone through. Yeah. So for me, uh, we have a strap line in the business, uh, people before property. So uh, don't trademark that, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Don't pinch that. Um, It's homes without the hassle and it's people before property. So uh, you look after the people, everything else will just fall into place. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, A lot of people at the moment are are worried about the UK property market, Brexit, all this sort of stuff. I don't really want to talk about Brexit because Mm. um, for me... It's kind of irrelevant because we're in a small island, the population is still increasing. But where, where do you see um, the future of the UK market going in the next sort of short term or long term? So what, what? I mean, I've always, when I invest for clients, it's always a long term plan. And my property investments were always long term, even when I was young. You know, it, it was thinking about retirement. Um, I think, uh, you know, I've banned the B word in my yeah. offices because, do you know what? I think we can talk ourselves into recessions. Absolutely. I don't think the press do us any favours um, when it comes to things like that. Everybody, every person in the pub has got an opinion. Um, and, uh, and I just tend to focus on the positives where, you know, we don't really have uh, a lot we can do about it, mm. you know, um, if that happens. And it's about long term. I still think that your money is safe in bricks and mortar. And let's face it, we've all got to live somewhere. So why not, mm. ha, you know, own your own space? You know, also on the flip side of that, let's just say we do go into recession. Well, in a recession, house prices do fall. But as long as you don't need to sell, then you're fine. And rents tend to increase during a recession. Yeah. Because people don't want to buy. So they rent. So that pushes rents up. So realistically, again, you know, whatever side of the coin you're on, um, I still think that there is, you know, Property one, you've got to have a roof over your head. But not only that, two, it's still a great investment. Um, you know, I go to a lot of conferences and seminars um, where, you know, and I, I listen to um, talks on the government and they need to, they're still under quota. So they need to be building minimum 300,000 houses per year because we have a shortage. Uh, we didn't hit that quota last year. So it just goes to show that yeah. there is a supply and demand issue there. So, again, you know, that is all positive for, um, one, there's money going into the house building industry, which is positive, and two, you know, there's not enough houses out Mm. there, so we need to be investing in properties. And if you're a landlord, then you're investing in property because you are helping people. Yeah. Because you are still housing these people. You know, these people that can't get mortgages or these people that are not ready to buy in the the location that they want yet. So, um, yeah, definitely, yeah. B word's definitely banned, <laughs> but I do think that um, the UK housing market is still, you know, positive. You've got to find the positive. Oh, yeah. I find the positives in everything, to be honest. So, um, you know, I definitely think now is a brilliant time to be investing in property. Certainly what I'm doing. I, I, I bought another property recently that's about to complete in the next couple of weeks. So, I mean, they've missed the house building quarter probably every year for the last 15 years, not yeah. built enough. And the population's rising and rising and rising. Yeah. Um, and after, I always say to people that after Brexit, it'll be something else. It'll be a, a yeah. law change, a tax change, whatever. Yeah. But as long as you're buying for cash flow, then when the recession hits, they're going to drop the interest rates. Yeah. I know they're low already, but they have to drop them Absolutely. to make people afford. So yeah. it is, 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 as you said, it's safer than leaving it in a bank. Yeah. Earning next to nothing. But also everything has got to go around in a cycle. You yeah. can't have, you know, house prices can't go up forever. That's what I, you know, try and educate all my clients. There, there has to be downtimes where the house prices drop yeah. uh, because uh, wages don't increase significantly every single year. And that's what you're always up against is affordability. 
And, um, you know, at the end of the day, people still need to be able to afford mortgages and these house prices need to remain affordable. Yeah. So, you know, um, but isn't it exciting, though? That is quite the exciting thing about property is uh, are you buying at a peak? Uh, The question that if I had a quid for every time somebody asks me, is it a good time to buy? Yeah. And I always say it's never a good time to buy. There will never be a good time to buy a property. Just get on and do it. Just do it. Because what I um, have, you know, I've earned a lot of money in property. And I've I've gone through recessions and I've seen the downtimes. I've ran businesses through recessions. Um, And, you know, it's just you've got to be in it to win it. People trying to time the market. Yeah. I, I've got friends that like saying, well, it's, properties are gone up in price now. I've got to wait till the recession. And yeah. I'll buy then. And then when the recession comes, oh, but they could drop more. We can't yeah. buy yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they start going up again. It's a cycle that they never start. Yeah, absolutely. And then in 30 years time, they'll be like, oh, I wish I bought that flat yeah. in London. And, and, and you know? oh, Michelle got lucky she started when she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be honest, I think luck does actually have a lot to do with it. But you've got to have the guts to do it. So, you know, I get a lot of phone calls of people wanting me to advise them or promise them something and I just say do you know what go with your gut go Mm. with your gut feeling just get on and do it just do it just do it yeah long term property protects you yeah yeah yeah, um, absolutely. We spoke about the best thing about property for you what about what's the worst thing about property so what's the sort of thing that you're like "Mm." do you know what this is going to sound so cliche but there isn't anything bad about property honestly like I just don't have um I've had experiences, you know, I built my own house, so it was a derelict building, and um, I bought an exqui- uh, built an exquisite dressing room that was in the plan for when we, uh, myself and my husband, built my house. So I got the dressing room, so I had to build him something, mm. so um, as a trade-off, and I built a cinema room, and um, it was obviously in the basement, and we dug down, and it cost me 50 grand to dig this pit. And uh, basically, the builders said to me, we had three contractors walk off site. And the builders said to me, um, I would just fill it in if I was you. And I was like, there's absolutely no way. I might as well burn that 50 grand. I am not filling that in. So I spent another over 50 grand uh, getting other contractors in and pretty much like, you know, your studio, yeah. you know, it's pretty much got egg boxes on the, on, on the walls, on the internal walls. Um, and, you know, the water was flowing faster than the River Thames is what contractors have said to me. So it was very challenging because we were just about to board a flight to New York for a couple of days and I had contractors walk off site again and basically they said, you know, you've literally got a river flowing underneath your house when we go down to the permeable rock. And um, I was just like, no, and I just didn't give up. And we have got a beautiful cinema room. I've got to say, it's the tiniest room on the planet, but the most ex- probably the most expensive room in the country, I would say, for the size of it. But um, it's phenomenal. It is great. So I would say that that was horrendous, but the things that you learn out of it. And do you know what yeah. it taught me? Uh, just never give up. Never give up. Just because they wanted to give up, I was never going to give up. And actually, sometimes um, another little lesson was, you know, yes, I thought that this room was going to cost me 50 grand. It ended up costing me more. But I could live with that because I've got something out of it. So sometimes you've got to invest a bit more money in something to yeah. um, actually uh, get out of it what you want out of it. And that's not a bad thing. And just take it as an experience. 
Yeah. So for me, I uh, live life for experiences. So I would never say that the, you know, I've had challenging times in property, don't get me wrong, but um, I've never seen it as a problem. Awesome. Um, for pe- a lot of people listening at the beginning of their journey, as I said, uh, what sort of would be the three top bits of advice you'd give to somebody who was thinking about getting into this property, thinking about starting, maybe looking at their first deal? Yeah, so um, looking at their first deal, I would probably say, um, I mean, I know you guys do a lot of joint venture and stuff. Are you talking about financing um, it or well, joint mindset, venture? Mindset, mindset, knowledge, Mindset, finance, I, would, yeah. I would say, because uh, recently with a lot of podcasts that I've been doing, I get an awful lot of messages on LinkedIn and an awful lot of phone calls. Um, and people are very nervous just to get on with it. I would say that you have got, if it feels right, go for it. Mm. There is no uh, right or wrong um, advice in property and there's no right or wrong property to buy. It's whatever you feel comfortable with. So I've got to say, biggest piece of advice where people go, okay, I feel, feel confident to do that now. I'm glad you said that was, uh, yeah, just get on and do it if it feels right for you. And um, try not to, li- I think some people that are looking for um, almost like the right thing to do, talk to too many people. Yeah. And if you talk to, you know, you, Kevin, would have a totally different opinion to me. Doesn't mean that you're right and I'm wrong mm. or I'm right and you're wrong. But unfortunately, when you're looking for an answer and you're not looking within yourself for that answer, you'll find 20 different answers if you ask 20 different people. So I've got to say advice would be, you know, go and educate yourself, go and, um, you know, go on courses and things like that, but actually do what's right for you and what feels right for you. Because then if it goes wrong, you know, then you've done what you felt was right. So you can't get bitter about things. Yeah. And that is something that I live by. You know, uh, people tell me not to do things all the time. My accountant will pull a hair out because I've set up another company or my husband especially is just like, can you not just be happy with what you've got, you know? And um, I I don't listen to them. I just listen to what I feel is right. So um, I know that's not property specific, but, you know, a bit of advice that I could give out. Um, And then property specifics, really do your research and your homework. So in my area, I would like to say that I'm an expert in uh, particularly in where to buy. Um, I know what, you know, rent hundreds of houses. I know what rents well. Um, So really do your homework. So if you don't own a letting agency or a mortgage brokerage and you've got no particular finance or property knowledge in the area that you are in, then um, find out. So you need to network with the estate agents. Uh, network with the letting agents. Um, really get your get your face known. Um, drive around the areas that you're thinking about purchasing in at different times of the day and night. So um, school time is a brilliant one. Is there mm. loads of cars parked on the road? Um, really late at night. Is there house parties going on? Um, you know, really, you need to become an expert in your area, and you do that by talking to people. And by driving around those areas at different times of night time. And, and Google is always brilliant as mm. well. So you can research crime reports and um, all sorts of things. So become an expert, I would suggest. And you can do that quite quickly. You know, you don't need to be spending years to do that. Um, you can do it in a matter of weeks if you put the effort in. So I definitely do your research before you start investing. Excellent advice. Okay, um, 
we're coming towards the end. I know you've got a tra- you're on a course today, so you need to get you back to the course as well. She's, Michelle's on her lunch break. Um, so <laughs> Always working then. Yeah. yeah. So um, best advice you've ever received? Oh, that's a tricky one because I've had loads of really good advice. Um, I tend to work in the present. So uh, best advice I have received uh, was this year from Rob Moore, and that was to uh, listen to more podcasts. Mm. So I know this is a podcast, so people listening to this are probably already in there, but, you know, phenomenal. I have learned so much from um, gurus like Grant Cardone, you know, um, women in business, entrepreneurial people, um, you know, and that has been uh, phenomenal because I haven't wasted any time because when I've been driving, so driving a couple of hours to meet a client or driving a couple of hours to a training course, I've got to say that's the best education and the best mm. money spent. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's as Rob Moore says, it's nip timing. Yeah. You're, you're doing two things at once. Yeah. yeah, absolutely phenomenal. And I hate wasting any time as well. So why I didn't think of that myself is is beyond me. But be, best advice this year received was that is definitely listen to more podcasts and spend money and time on educating yourself. It'll further your career, which in effect will obviously, you know, financial reward you. Mm. And... Um, Opposite of that, I guess, what what about the worst advice you've ever received, whether it be property or... I find it so di- difficult to ever think of anything, anything negative, I've got to be honest with you, because I always try and turn that negative into a positive. I think the, um, the worst thing, people always tell me no. People always say, don't do mm. it, don't buy this. Uh, I've just invested in a plot of land to build my own offices. And people are like, why do you want to do that? And it's like, for an experience... And also, um, they're like, well, you don't need it. And it's like, well, I don't need it. I want it. There's a difference there. Mm. And I want to go through that experience. So, um, yeah, I'm con- I am I do on a daily basis consistently get told no. Mm. And I just don't listen. I, I, read, just... a, I read a great quote um, during the week on Instagram or somewhere about when you start off in b- thinking about business, your, your people closest to you tell you, don't do that, no. Yeah. Then you start doing the business and people tell you it's going to fail, no. Yeah. Then you become successful in the business and they ask you for a job. Yeah, absolutely. I just, you know, I pick and choose. Like I list, actually, I it was Lord Sugar. I took a very, very um, valuable lesson from my time on The Apprentice, my short time on The Apprentice. And he said to me, Michelle, you just don't listen to anybody. And um, I think that had been, unfortunately, I'd, I'd started doing that because people kept telling me no. So mm. I just stopped listening to everybody. And when he said to me, you have got to start listening. So I started then listening to absolutely everybody, but just filtering. So whereas before I would listen, I didn't like the word no, I stopped listening totally. Now I listen, but I'll filter out if I agree with that or not. Yeah. So I don't get into a debate or an argument, but, you know, if I think it's valued advice, then I'll listen and if I don't, then I just filter it out. You know, it's, ma- so. it's making what people say relevant to your situation. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And there are so many lessons in business, um, and that's been brilliant uh, listening to the podcast. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. You know, any, anybody in business can teach you a valuable lesson, and you can then use that in the industry that you're in. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, it's been brilliant. 
I think that's been a phenomenal way to come towards the end. I've really enjoyed this. I've got some great value from it. It's been a pleasure, obviously, listening to you and your experiences. You've got wealth of experience in property. For people that want to know more or follow Michelle, um, get to see you a bit more. Um, how can they find you? How can they follow you? Yeah, sure. So um, my uh, bespoke property investment website is michellenizialimited.co.uk. Um, and then IMS Internet is the IMS businesses. And then you can follow me on all social media. So LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube and Instagram. And it's all at Michelle Nizio Limited. Awesome. That's brilliant. So um, you've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, it's out every Tuesday from 7.30am in the morning. So if you've not subscribed to iTunes or Stitcher, subscribe, make sure you listen to the podcast. And um, there's lots of different episodes on there you can go back and listen to. And we mentioned earlier in the, in the talk about um, networking. So Progressive have their own networking events around the country, the Progressive Property Network. So you can find those in your local areas. So just Google progressivepropertynetwork.co.uk and you can find the local networking events if um anyway, if you've not been to any of the trainings at Progressive, I said Michelle's heard a training course today, then ring the office, Google the Progressive Property Office, speak to them about what's on offer, what you can get. Um but yeah, I said speak to I'm on every Tuesday from seven thirty AM on the Progressive Property Podcast. It's been absolutely awesome having you all listening in today. I've been Kevin McDonald. Speak soon. <laughs> <laughs>